What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easy, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. It's all in one place and it's free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start recreating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available now on Spotify. Of course, they're optional. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, the Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking and to get the conversation going. With Spotify for podcasters, you can even earn money in a variety of ways, including podcast ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Listen, ever since I discovered Spotify for podcasters, it has truly taken my show to a whole new level, especially with having the options like the video podcast, the Q&As and the polls, and has let me be creative in a completely different way and connect with my audience in a completely different way as well. So I highly recommend that you give it a try. Download Spotify for podcasters app or either go to the website, which is spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Welcome to the Girl Take No Podcast. I am your host, Shawnee Sanders. And today I have with me Lamore Bergman-Gross. She is a professional coach. She has 20 plus years in the tech field and she helped ambitious women get to the next level in their tech career. Lamore, thank you so much for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Shawnee? Thank you for having me. Yes. Oh, definitely. This is such an important conversation. You know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and it's it's really great to talk to entrepreneurs. But when we think about people who work full time and want to elevate their career on how to grow in their business, how to grow in their position or with an organization, I think this is a very important conversation to have because I have a lot of listeners who still work full time. I myself still work full time and we do things on the side. So I'm excited to have this conversation. Um, Before we jump into any questions, I just want to get the story behind why you decided to do this. Why do you decide to become a professional coach? Let's get the story behind the brand. Yeah, sure. So as you said, I mean, I've been in tech for over 20 years. I was passionate about women. As I grew in my career and uh, grew into leadership positions, I try to use my influence and and hire more women because most of the times I was the only woman in the room and I try to hire more women to my organization and help them advance. And that combined with me started mentoring in 2017 as, you know, as a mentor for engineering managers. Found it. I love it. I enjoy helping others and uh, I got a Mm -hmm. lot of positive uh, feedback. And that's kind of the combination of both 
led to mm-hmm. me thinking, okay, what do I want to do next? And, uh, and really wanted to create more influence and, and help other women. That's awesome. I mean, like I said, career growth is so important for everyone that still work. Um, it's cool to be an entrepreneur. It's cool to have a side hustle, but you do want to know how to grow in your current position. And I, I want to jump into this conversation. Um, the first thing I want to ask, I guess, is how did you, how did you manage, um, your coaching business and you still working full time also, or are you doing coaching full time? I coach full time. I mean, I do other things, but Mm. I'm, you know, 100% independent, you know, consultant and uh, (laughs) coach. Yeah. When did you make that transition? I wonder you thought it was time to make that transition from corporate over to coaching full time. Yeah. uh, To be honest, it was one of the hardest decisions I ever made. Uh, it was combined mm-hmm. with me retur- moving countries. So I used to live in the U.S. up until end of 2019, December 2019. Mm-hmm. And when we moved back here to Israel, it was a very, very dramatic change, obviously, in our lives, in yeah. our kids' lives. Yeah. And I decided that was a great opportunity to make also drastic changes in my career. I felt that if I'm not going to do that at that time, I will yeah. never have the courage to do it. Yeah, it's a hard decision to make that jump because you think about the security yes. of what that job gives you over into entrepreneurship full time and know that everything now depends on you. Did you always think like throughout your career, did you always know that entrepreneurship is where you're going to end up? Or is it like, hey, I'm just kind of fell into this over time? I didn't know, but I wanted it for many years. Mm. For many years, I wanted mm-hmm. to become an entrepreneur. I felt that uh, I have an entrepreneurial kind of vision and view uh, and yeah. and I really want to work for myself mm-hmm. and have the freedom to choose. So <laughs> that's that's always great when you have that freedom to choose and you're able to make that leap. So congratulations on making that Thank leap. You. I'm really looking forward to doing that myself one day. Um, so let's get into career growth. Mm-hmm. What do you tell, if you see, you bring someone into an organization um, at a junior level, or even at a, I guess, at a coordinator level, how do you tell that person, do you talk to that person then and say, hey, set up a plan for a career, a path for career growth? Or do you tell them, hey, work the system for now and then kind of see where you want to go? And let's talk about that from like a coordinator position that comes into like a tech field. So I think it uh, really depends on the individual. So as I was Mm -hmm. in the tech uh, field and I was a director of engineering. Usually what I did when someone started, I had a 90 day plan to onboard them, to have them mm-hmm. first understand the company culture, know the people, you know, figure out what's going on. Because yeah. one of the problems when you start a new job, whether you're in junior or even when you're a seasoned professional, mm-hmm. it takes time takes time to yeah. kind of get used to a new, you know, so many people don't switch jobs because it's so intimidated for them. Yeah, I believe Moving that. Moving the job mm-hmm. is hard. So the first 90 days, I want someone to just get acclimated. And then we start talking about their career aspirations. And again, it depends really where they are at and what's the next level mm-hmm. and whether they can advance in the next six months or maybe it will take them a year plus. Yeah. Do you see that it's hard for women to advance in corporate America, especially in tech? 
Do you think it's hard for us to get advancement roles? I think for women, it's more it's more difficult for multiple reasons, mm-hmm. and I can share also on myself personally. Yeah, I think women, first of all, uh, think that if they do a good job, someone mm-hmm. will notice. Yeah, <laughs> we feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Uncomfortable talking about ourselves, promoting ourselves, asking for promotion, asking mm-hmm. for money. Oh, let's just be a good employee. Just do my job. You know, I'll be yeah. good. Yeah. And someone, let's just follow the path. Yeah. Right? yeah. Let's just kind of keep our head down and do the job. And then maybe they'll recognize us. Yeah. Unfortunately, that doesn't work in most cases. I'm not saying it doesn't work at all, but in mm-hmm. most cases it doesn't work. Yeah. So yeah. you have to really ask for what you want I noticed that throughout my career that and I, and I want to ask you this question too and it's like sometimes you get to a place with an organization where and I think this happens to a lot of people and why they stay um well you get passed up for opportunities when do you think it's time to shift organizations when because I, I have a I have someone close to me now that's been in an organization for a while and it's not tech but she's been in an organization for a long time and she's consistently being interviewed for um, higher roles but yet she's not getting them for some reason and what advice do you give that person do you tell that person like hey maybe it's time to either reassess your skill set or is it time to move on from that organization if you don't see growth yeah so first of all I try really I'm very careful about giving advice because I don't mm-hmm. know the unique situation of a person. And especially now yeah. that you think about it, if I told someone leave your job and they leave to another position and someone let them go after a while because of the economic situation. Yeah. So first of all, I'm trying to be careful of that. But I try yeah. really to help them realize what's the problem in their behaviors, right? Because a lot of times mm-hmm. if we switch jobs, We'll find ourselves in similar situations <laughs> if we don't change our way of operations. So if yeah. I'm not advocating for myself, if I'm not transparent about my career aspirations, about what I want, uh, asking for help, asking for clear guidance, really demanding, mm-hmm. right? Demanding the support that I deserve. It doesn't matter yeah. if I switch jobs. I'll get the same thing over and over again. But if this individual is doing what, you know, they're trying to really talk with their manager, talk to the HR Mm -hmm. business partner, and nothing works. A lot of times they are in some negative, you know, place. Could be that their manager is not supportive. Maybe the manager doesn't care. I've worked for managers who care just for themselves and no one else. I've been there. So (laughs) if you feel like what, no matter what you do, you hit a brick wall and your manager is not supporting you. The HR business partner is not supporting you. The whole company, you know, is not there for Mm -hmm. you. No matter what you do and you tried and you try to kind of uh, get clear understanding of what's next for you and what you need to do, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's time to consider what's next for you, what you want. First of all, realize what you want and then figure out how to get there. It may not be immediate. Sometimes you can upskill, you can get even, you know, experience from your current position that will prepare you for Mm -hmm. the next one. 
Yeah. Yeah. I always feel like any role that I take, my last position definitely prepares me for the new position. It gives me a lot more, uh, I have a lot more knowledge, a lot more insight on the job and you're able to um, articulate yourself very well in interviews. You know, let's talk about interviews for mm -hmm. a minute <laughs> because so many people get so nervous with interviews. And I always tell people I'm great at interviewing. You know what I mean? Because I look at it as I'm bringing value to them as well as they're bringing value to me. But so many people get so nervous and they kind of like botch their interviews. What kind of advice can you give? Are there any tips you can give someone on how to be more confident in their skill set? Because I think that's really what it is. A lack of confidence in your skill set when you're going into an Absolutely. interview. Absolutely. So first of all, practice. Uh, I, yeah. A lot of times when someone reached the point when they want to interview, I tell them, okay, maybe try to interview at some companies that you don't even think that you want to go there. Just practice mm -hmm. interviewing. And also, yeah. prepare for yourself an elevator pitch. Prepare for yourself. How do you want to present yourself? What are your skills? What are the things that you've done well? What are your achievements? What are you good at? And talk to, the, to yourself, mm -hmm. to friends, to the mirror. I don't know. Practice. Practice presenting yourself. <laughs> Because yeah. you don't want to stutter. Yeah. You want to sound confident in yourself, right? Nice, mm -hmm. friendly, mm -hmm. relaxed as much as possible, but confident. And I think that uh, in order to get to that level of confidence, you need to realize what you're good at and you need to be comfortable talking about yourself in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what it is. People are not really comfortable talking with themselves and then they get nervous when someone is just staring at them, you know, <laughs> and they just kind of get nervous, you know, and I, and I understand that because I used to be that person until I was able to really gain confidence and gain confidence in my skill set and knew what I brought to mm -hmm. the table with an organization. And also, I feel like if you have a job already and you're interviewing, you should be a little bit more confident because if you don't get a job, you still have a job. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's kind of like always been my mindset. And I think that's why I've been able to interview so well because I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do my best here. But if I don't get this, I still have this job. So I'm still gonna be okay no matter what happens. You know, that's, that's my mindset. Um, how do you tell a woman to use her strengths to uh, move up in her current role? How do you tell her to use her strengths? So first of all, identify your strength, identify your passions, what you're mm -hmm. good at. And usually I tell, uh, I tell women, I coach, if you take two people and put them in the same position, every person will do the position, the role differently. So identify mm -hmm. your strength. What are you good at? What are you passionate about and find the right path for you to make an impact. And in order to get promoted, I believe that you need to already operate at the next level. So find opportunities, mm. find opportunities to get more exposure, get more influence, do something that is above and beyond your responsibilities. I'm not saying overstep someone else, but take initiatives, yeah. identify holes and gaps that no one covers and do that. Operate at the next mm. level. Yeah. Do you think that the tech business is still a male dominated business? Like currently in this landscape, it still is. It's still very male dominated, mm. and uh, we have some some time to to, to get it fixed. <laughs> I, I that is true. You know, I want to ask you something about. I don't know if you saw notice that something's been trending for a while now, and it's been on mentioned on the news, and it's called quiet quit. Mm -hmm. And 
it's like it's one of those things where one I, I just I'm just amazed by it because I'm like if you're gonna quiet quit you might just quit the job if you don't want it what do you think about that because people are they're saying what it means is that people are only doing what their what their pay grade tells them to do basically I'm only doing the work that my pay grade allows me to do I'm not going above and beyond I'm not staying late I'm not, um, you know, volunteering for anything different. I'm just going to do exactly what my job title is and that's it. And I'm going to leave on time every day. I'm going to take my vacation. I'm going to take everything I need. And they call that quiet quitting. I thought it was such a weird term, but what do you think about that? Yeah. So it's uh, it means to me that people are not motivated. It's a motivation mm. issue and people do that. Mm -hmm. I mean, the motivation for doing that is okay. I, someone is paying me. I don't want to make an effort. I don't want yeah. to switch a job for whatever reason, you know, and I'm just going to do the minimum, yeah. basically doing the minimum that I have to do in order to keep my job. Yeah. That's exactly what their mindset yeah. is. And, and as a manager, you mm -hmm. need to find, you need to find the way to motivate people, to motivate people based on their passions, uh, that they realize that they're is room for them to grow but sometimes mm -hmm. you find people that are not that they just want to do the minimum and then you have to realize whether yeah. you want to keep them or not yeah yeah you are going to have those people you know let's talk a little bit about motivation employee employee morale um i've been with an organization before where the in the tech field where they kind of overhauled the entire organization from the chief digital officer down it was just a few of us left and employee morale went way down no one saw growth no one saw thought there's going to be opportunities so how do you deal with employee morale if it's low to get employees motivated to be excited about their jobs and then to want to seek new opportunities in that organization yeah that's a great question so first of all if you're in, a, in an organization like that that there is a lot of turnover and there mm -hmm. is no room to grow. It's really difficult. But I found yeah. that what keeps people motivated is not money, is not compensation, uh, but mm -hmm. challenge. People naturally mm. want to grow. They want to understand and see a path for them to move forward yeah. in their careers. And they want to do something that they are passionate about. So sometimes all you need to do yeah. is give people the option to do something they like, even if it's like a hackathon, even just sometimes I was mm. getting people together for fun, just give and recognize recognition goes a long way. People need to feel that actually you care about them. You see them, you notice what yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah, that that is so true. They want to, we want to be seen at a job and we want to be recognized for what we do. And we do want to be, have motivation. You know, when it comes to um, building teams and offshore teams, how do you deal with an offshore team member who wants advancement, but they're not actually in this space? So you don't necessarily see them. You see the work they're doing based on the things that they're doing and the things they're submitting and the work that's getting done. How do you talk to that employee about advancement? an offshore team someone that is remote and yeah uh, remote mm -hmm. i mean i've worked remote since 2016 so <laughs> most of the people i worked with were remote and uh -huh. so first of all i think being very transparent about expectations 
What do you expect the person to do at your job? What do you expect them to do in order to move up the ladder? You know, uh, what yeah. are the gaps? Constantly giving feedback, both, you know, good. As I said, recognize if you see something good, recognize, give immediate recognition. Yeah. And also constantly giving constructive feedback. If you see something that there is an opportunity for them to grow, give them timely feedback and allow them opportunities to grow, identify, okay, what does this person need? Maybe you can connect them with other people at the company so they can learn from. Maybe it giving them some resource. Sometimes it's even, you know, like, oh, read this book or whatever, but giving yeah. them the opportunities to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is important. Um, when you think about like your career growth in your current organization, what are some of the steps that you think a person should take to try to make that next level? You know, you're in your current level and you see an opportunity. Let's say you see a job opportunity that the company has posted. Are there steps that we should take within that before we apply for that job? Or should we just go straight and apply? I mean, if there's already a position open and you want that, mm-hmm. so you should talk with someone because otherwise they may just hire someone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in general, uh, it's much better to be proactive. So mm-hmm. if you know what, first of all, you need to know what you want. Yeah, uh, and then Comes you need, back to that, right? Yes, and then you need to realize, okay, what are the gaps? Sometimes you yeah. need help, right? You need some, You need your manager mm-hmm. to tell you. Give me feedback. Tell me what I need to improve. I constantly, you know, uh, was battling with my manager to give me constructive feedback because he always said I'm great. And so I don't like yeah. this feedback. I want to hear, you know, <laughs> great is, is good, but it's too, first of all, it's too generic telling someone they are great. Tell me what specifically am I doing very well and what specifically I'm not doing or not doing well enough. And then start mastering those skills. And as I said, take additional, you know, uh, challenges in yourself, expand. Eventually, mm-hmm. I told, I tell you, I mean, I promoted people that they already saw operating at the next level, at least to some degree. Yeah. Yeah. So you need to, you, you need to already operate at a different level, but even if you apply and you don't get a position, that's okay. As yeah. long as you take the advantage to understand why. What are yeah. the gaps? Why you're not giving that opportunity? What are you missing and what do you need to do? Yeah. You know, I want to talk about environment for a minute, um, especially in tech. And I have a lot of friends who want to, and I'm going to talk about this later too, about transitioning to from one job into the tech industry. And I have friends who are very fascinated with this industry and they want to interview. And the interview process is, has shifted from just being about skill sets and it's more so about um, fit. Like, do you fit in with our culture, cultural fit, right? It's, a lot, it's, a, it's definitely about your skill set. You got to have a skill set. You got to be able to do the job. But a lot of it now is based on cultural fit. Like it's more so I get, you'll get tests on your personality and on how you handle things. So how different is interviewing um, in tech versus any other industry? Because I, I found it to be very different. Uh, I worked only in tech, so I don't know about <laughs> okay. other industries, but uh, because, you know, we're shifting to this remote and hybrid work models, yeah. right? That people meet mm-hmm. less. 
communication yeah. need to be at a, a different level than it used to be. And it's very difficult, especially for people who are very technical, right? Mm-hmm. I was managing software engineers and managers that yeah. a lot of times, well, they may not be the best communicators. And, and this yeah. is really important. It's important not just to be a good engineer or a good tech technical person, but also to be able to communicate to other people, yes. to engage. So those mm-hmm. are the things that are really important and find how each person is operating best, how they communicate best and realize if it's, if it's a fit or not and to which team. Also, there are teams mm-hmm. that are more process oriented, that likes the structure. Some people yeah. like to work more loosely or companies even. So it really depends. That's the culture fit, right? You want to hire someone that will make a good culture fit. Yeah. How important is work-life balance? Because I've been in an organization where work-life balance is like, I'm currently in an organization where I've never had work-life balance before until I got into this organization. Mm. And I never knew what it looked like where I actually have time to spend with my family, to do other things, to do my job and to be able to go pick up my kid from school if they're sick or go to a doctor's appointment. I've never had this before in my life. And I have coworkers who are very, um, I'm not, I don't want to say uncomfortable, but it's very new for them to have this type of, I guess, freedom. And it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult sometimes when you come from a background where you're used to being, I don't know, maybe micromanaged or just very much so used to being like bogged down with work to now having a time frame to work and more space to do life stuff because they understand the importance of it. So how important is work-life balance in in like a tech field, mm-hmm. especially if you're remote and you're isolated where you're not really running your team members. So how important is it? So I think this question is very subjective to individual. Mm -hmm. I can share that for me, the most important thing was flexibility. So not so much the balance thing as much as how to manage my life. And ever since I started working remote, I mean, I found all the possibilities that I had, as you mentioned, like being Mm -hmm. with your kids, I could pick up my kids from school. I can give them a warm meal. I could sit down with them help them with homework and then I could do work in the evening because there was flexibility. I did not have a manager that was blowing in my neck and Mm -hmm. checking exactly when I was on and when I was not and which times Mm -hmm. a day. So for me, flexibility was the most and still is the most important part of my life. Yeah. But for some people, and I know people, I mean, I know women that I'm coaching, so I kind of meet different kind of people and what is important for them. I know that there are yeah. some people that is very important to them to have a well-structured day and a complete mm-hmm. separation between work time and their Life. leisure and family time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In general, from my experience to te- in tech, I can share that usually it's really difficult to be able to set such strict boundaries. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying it's impossible, but at least in companies I worked at and in the roles I was at, the flexibility was more appreciated. It was a pre Mm -hmm. no one was expecting you to be on all the time. But on the other hand, you are expected to be flexible enough that if you're needed, you can be on. 
Yeah. Because you do have to understand in tech that things go overnight. Yeah. Things are early. You have to be available early to do releases. And so it's those types of things that I do know that type of schedule because I've worked that schedule before. And it, but you're right. It's the flexibility of it all that you really need when it comes to these positions. And I think now since COVID, a lot of organizations understood one, I think they recognize one, we can do remote work and still have a great team and still have teams that actually do the work and things get done. Because before I think people were just afraid of not seeing you knowing that you were doing your job. So COVID has really shifted the landscape of, um, of employment now in terms of like working from home. It has become a lot more common, flexible schedule, hybrid schedules where maybe you do some days in, some days out. Some people do four days in, one day out. I used to be in a car organization that did that, but being able to have that flexibility in your position works very well, especially for working moms, mm -hmm. you know, it works really well for us. Um, let's talk about, you know, some of your clients one, how do, how do you retain clients? So how, how do you find clients? Do you use LinkedIn in order to advertise or seek out clients or is it more so a referral base? It's multiple. I mean, I work with different mm. uh, organizations, like kind of a coaching mm -hmm. marketplaces, so to speak. Um, I am okay. on LinkedIn, I get referrals, mm -hmm. so it's all over the place. But, but I really, I mean, as a business owner, you have to constantly sell yourself and market yourself. Is yeah. part of what I do, right? I mean, yeah. you have to do it constantly. And if you don't like it, then consider if that's what you want, <laughs> because you have to do it. You have to constantly, yeah. constantly do it. And um, I, I'll tell you something. I believe that as long as I'm giving value, I would mm -hmm. like to retain the relationship. And there yeah. are cases where I meet with a woman five sessions and we're done. She achieved what mm. she wanted. She said, okay, I'm good. And I'm not for creating a dependency in me. I want to give the yeah. tool for someone to be able to be successful by their own. I mean, I don't want yeah. someone to create a dependency. So they need me all the time by their, their side. That's yeah. I believe in giving <laughs> value and tools for success for some women. However, I do notice that a lot of times, well, they need me because they're not yeah. yet in, in, in a situation where they can handle things by themselves. And then I recommend mm -hmm. that we will continue our relationship. But eventually I will never, never, never try to sell unless I feel that I bring value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's that one. And then also that one-on-one type of connection, because as a coach, you have to be comfortable with them. They have to be comfortable Absolutely. with you yeah. to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. That is important. So let's talk about LinkedIn because I feel like LinkedIn is like such an important part of the job hunting process, the networking process of getting to know people, getting to know other people in other organizations, job, all that stuff. Let's talk about how people can utilize LinkedIn because I still think a lot of people don't know how to use it to their benefit and use it to get jobs because that's how I got jobs. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about how they can build their professional brand on LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is a wonderful tool. Oh yeah, and thank God for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and. Uh, and I also, like you shared, I mean, I, jobs found me basically. Yeah. They found me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is incredible because it's not just that you don't need to pay to put the effort in, but also you get opportunities you haven't thought about. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do. first of all, you need to have a good profile. And a good profile, I will mm-hmm. tell you, uh, one of the kind of standards that I have, I, I tell people, if someone lands on your profile, what do they know about you after spending between five to 10 seconds? Mm-hmm. Usually they focus on your pre- picture, your background picture, your headline, and maybe a few mm-hmm. sentences of your about. A few seconds, what do they know about you? So you need to be crystal clear of who are you, what you do in those sections. And this is the most important yeah. piece. That's kind of the profile area. But then if you really want to uh, build a brand, you need to constantly be there. I mean, there is no magic bullet. Mm-hmm. You need to be active. You need to be commenting to other people, to other posts. You need to be yeah. share, share interesting things that you read and post. That's how mm-hmm. you build your brand. And that's how people see you and notice you and say, oh, I like this person. Maybe I'll hire them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right. And I think that's what's the, the awesome thing about LinkedIn is that jobs find you. You can actually apply, but they actually look at your profile and they find you. And that's why I tell a lot of my friends, like you're missing out. If you're not on LinkedIn, you really need to be on there because it's really a great opportunity to be found. And I'm just thinking about like back in the day, you think about now with all this new digital thing, ways we have of applying for jobs and being seen by employers when back in the day was like, you had to call places, you know, you had to see if there was hiring. You had to actually look at a physical newspaper. Yeah. To look for ads, you know, so it has changed so much over how we're able to get jobs, how we're able to be seen professionally. And let me ask you this. Do you think employers look at LinkedIn? Do you also think they look at maybe Instagram to kind of see what a person is doing on the Instagram page? Or do you think they just keep those two things separate? Uh, It depends. I think it depends. I can share that when I was hiring, I was not. I was not trying to look at Instagram. I didn't have time for that either. But Twitter, for example, definitely. Twitter is a place that employers look. Not all. And it really depends on the position. If you're looking for a software engineer, then you may check Mm -hmm. GitHub. You may check Twitter. Yeah. If you're looking for a marketing person, well, yeah, maybe, maybe you will want to see their overall social presence and you, you may check out their Instagram profile, but on super technical roles, but, but (laughs) you want to be careful (laughs) not to put things you don't want anyone to discover. On social media. I know. I know. Cause I, I've seen before how some employees looked at somebody's social media and was just like, oh no. And I'm like, well, it's their private life. It's not necessarily has to do anything with their job and whether they can do the skill set or not. Um, let's talk about skill set. Let's talk about what's important when it comes to a tech position, because a lot of people, and I'm not saying degrees are not important. Degrees are very much so important. People want to see if you graduated college, but I feel this is just my personal opinion. I don't, this is not the way of the world. I feel that your skill set trumps your, your degree, because when you go into a tech field, it's about the tools that you use, the applications you know how to use. Yes, it's great. You have a college degree. That's awesome. But it's also what's most important is the skill set that you have. Can you actually do this job? Not just if you learned about this job in school, can you actually do the physical work? Which one you think is most important? And are we shifting away from the college degree being the main thing that gets you in the door now? I think we already shifted. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll tell you, I had people in my yeah. organization. I had one person who started as a high school student. Another person Ooh. who didn't even have a degree. Who didn't, maybe yeah. they, they didn't even have a high school diploma. So definitely that's not a mandatory anymore. But I'm not saying that degrees are not important and people should not go... Yeah and pursue a degree, not to say that at all. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, the most important thing to, uh, was to see if people are curious, if they like to learn new things, yes. how easy is it for them to learn? Because in mm -hmm. the tech field, you cannot stay stag stagnated, no matter mm -hmm. what skills you have today and what you have done and what you have learned. You have to be able to adapt constantly, constantly to what is the new thing, right? I mean, uh, yeah. and see now everything is about AI and all the wonderful AI. tools. Yeah. So you constantly need to be up to date and learn and be curious to learn new things. So that for me was the most important thing to look for. Yeah, you're right. We shifted away from degree so much into more of a skill set especially over in tech is what i tell people listen if you want to know how to do this job you need to learn how to do use certain applications in order to you know get yourself in the door um let's talk about transitioning trend career transitions and i had i know people who want to be in this field and i don't know if you work with women who've transitioned from maybe like a marketing field over into I don't know, let's say a, a tech field, you know, have you worked with women that have transitioned? And if so, what advice can you give someone who wants to be in the tech field and grow in this field? Because they know the financial opportunities it is with the career growth in this field. And then people want to be able to live a better life and support their families with a better salary. So what can you give? What advice can you give that person who wants to transition? First of all, the best advice I can give, don't do it just because of the money and the benefit. I'm not saying it's not mm -hmm. important. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But still, you want to do something because you like it. If you, yeah. the only reason you want to move into tech is just because of the benefits of the money, don't do it because you'll be miserable. <laughs> you will not like what you're doing. So definitely do it. Don't do it just for the benefits. So I, I think it's networking. It's meeting people. Sometimes I recommend people to start at a certain, let's say there are, there are companies that they want to work at. Sometimes I'll say, mm -hmm. well, maybe get the foot in the door in some company, maybe in a role that is more, I don't know, customer success, support, you know, mm -hmm. and then grow into another role. Companies where you see that yeah. they care about their employees, that they offer uh, internal moves, that they want to advance people, start as some entry level and move up mm -hmm. or internship. This is another wonderful yeah. opportunity to get into the door. Yep. That's how I was hiring women, actually. It was one of the strategies I was using. I was looking for mm. interns that are female. And then when we identified someone who was really good, meaning that she was hungry for learning and she, she showed mm -hmm. independence and a passion, we hired her. So yeah. internship is another great way. Yeah. Well, you know, let's talk about the non-technical jobs because although there's the engineers, there's the QA people, there's also other jobs like a product owner, like a BA that don't require a technical background or a, a degree in technology. 
you know, do you offer any coaching to those women as well who are in those particular product roles and say, hey, here's a way where you can grow in your position, maybe to be let's say director of product definitely i mean first of all products can also be very technical depends on the company yeah Uh, but definitely because leadership is leadership no matter what role you do you need to be able to work with people you need to be able to motivate people you need to know how to handle conflicts how to be assertive Mm -hmm. so definitely those things apply no matter which role you are doing Let's talk about how to get the conversation started when it comes to want to advance. How do you go to your manager and get the conversation started about advancing in your role? So I have a strategy <laughs> that works all the time. Oh, okay. <laughs> you start by asking for feedback. Ooh. You ask for feedback. Okay. And I recommend usually to, to tell your manager that you want to have a more kind of a conversation that is not on the day-to-day let's put it that way because mm-hmm. a lot of times we mm-hmm. have those one-on-ones that are all very practical status yeah. you wanna, so you want to make sure your manager understand you want some time on your on their calendar maybe 30 minutes to talk about more future stuff not so much about mm. the day-to-day and then yeah. ask for their feedback you can even you can even share with them that you're interested to hearing their feedback so they can prep Mm-hmm. Even ask yeah. them some questions. Hey, can you think about what I'm doing well? What are the things you think I'm not doing or should improve? And what are some opportunities you see for me or something like that? Prepare some free questions mm-hmm. for them to think about. So so they can be prepared for the meeting, not, not just be surprised. Yeah. And think, also do a self-reflection for yourself right before the meeting. But the same things, what do you think you're doing well and what, what would you like to get? And, and start a conversation by getting the feedback and based on the feedback, kind of discussing, okay, what do you see coming up for me next? Because I thought of whatever. And what do you think? So that's a great mm-hmm. opportunity to talk about career progression by asking for feedback mm-hmm. first. And that also helps you identify if there, is, there are some gaps if you and your manager don't yeah. see eye to eye. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think in that conversation as human, you want to feel a little, you know, you might feel a little offended by the feedback you get. If it's not good feedback, you know, you want to look at it more as constructive feedback, right. To really help you grow in your position, because we can take, sometimes we can take feedback in a very negative way for some reason, because we feel, I don't know, personally, like it becomes personal. And I think it's to separate the fact that it's not about you as a person. It's about you as a, in the performance of the work and being able to improve in your work. How do you tell a person who has a manager who is not supportive of their career growth? Is there an opportunity to say, hey, okay, maybe I need to talk to someone above my manager or maybe HR? Like, how do you talk to that person? Like you said, that manager does not support their career. This is very complicated. This can get very complicated. And I actually have a woman that I'm working with for a while and she has has a problem. She has a problem with her manager. He's not supportive. He's not providing any value to her as a manager and not really helping her. So again, I try not to tell people what to do because again, I'm not working there. I don't know the, but I try, we try to find strategies, how she can get help. So HR is one Avenue that didn't work for her so much. Mm -hmm. So we try to find, okay, what other people in the company can support her. 
maybe to try to find other opportunities for her to show her capabilities yeah. maybe to switch to another team and to another manager yeah and uh, mm-hmm. so kind of bypass but doing that gently be, without overstepping because it can hurt you as much as it can yeah. help it can help if you're overstepping your manager yeah how important is relationship building when it comes to looking to moving your career and not just within your own organization but outside your I mean not your own but your own team but outside of your team as well to your external partners it's super important especially as as you grow in your uh, in your role and your career I can share mm-hmm. that uh, I had people in my team in my organization that I was not able to promote because other directors didn't know them and what they were doing mm-hmm. so when you get to a certain level you You really have to build your brand internally within the company and you you need to build the relationships the collaborations and you, you need to be known and people to know you and appreciate you outside of your team otherwise it will be very difficult for your manager to support your even if your manager wants to promote you it will be hard for them because at a certain level yeah. you need to show impact beyond your team yeah. Yeah, that is important. Let me ask you this question to you because you're in your current role and you want a, um, a salary increase. Do you have any conversations with some of your clients regarding how to bring up the conversation of salary in a role that you're in? If you want to be just a salary increase, how do you bring up that conversation? So salary increase, I feel like goes hand in hand in value you provide. Mm-hmm. And that can also mm-hmm. go very well into the feedback process. into the feedback yeah. strategy I, I shared earlier so you can also ask for feedback assuming again assuming you know you're gonna get a good feedback and then ask okay about the yeah. conversation again a lot of times the manager doesn't have a lot of control because there are specific times a year that the company does those increases and it's much much yeah. better to communicate in advance and your mm-hmm. expectations and so forth instead of just saying oh I want to increase now because a lot of times it's not possible to do it right now because the increases are done I don't know in June or July whatever yeah yeah you know so I know that's that conversation when it comes to salaries are so um, a lot of people are fearful even in the interview process mm. a lot of people are fearful and I've, I've heard people always say you know in the interview process you need to negotiate your salary in that process during that time you know you can say see what they're offering but then negotiate do you believe you can still you can do that is negotiate your salary in the interview process or do you think that hey start where you are and then grow from there when it comes to salary definitely it's important to negotiate the best terms you can get when you start mm-hmm. but it also depends on the market right the way the market is right yeah. now for example well maybe you can negotiate less than you used to be able yeah. to a year earlier uh, but yeah. also consider that it's not just the salary there are there's a bucket of benefits and usually you can play with yeah. it So you can ask for sign up bonus, you can ask for salary, you can ask for days off, you can ask for equity. So you can ask for education budget. So there are a lot of things you can play with, not just the salary in order to negotiate mm-hmm. because sometimes I try to ask for something, I couldn't get what I wanted and I got a sign up bonus or or you know, oh okay, we'll give you base salary and then bonus on top of it or get equity instead so it's kind of a give and take 
And you yeah. need to be flexible yeah. and offer different things depending on what is more important for you. Yeah. You know, I wanted to bring up something. I was um, inside a fireside chat and it was with one of our leading women in our organization because the organization where I was in didn't have a lot of women that were at the executive level. And she said something that was so interesting. And she said that, you know, a lot of times women will see jobs and count themselves out because maybe it's two or three things, or maybe it's three or four things on there that they feel like they can't do and they won't even apply. She said, but a man will see those two or three things that he can do and might not be able to do anything else and still have the confidence to apply for the job. Do you believe that's true? Because when she said that, I was so surprised. And I thought about it when it came to my own job hunting, when it came to other friends of mine, female friends of mine and their job hunting. And people do look at certain things. They pull certain things out of the job description and feel like, oh, man, I don't have that experience there. But you have all the other skills and stuff that you can do, the duties and stuff. But then they just won't apply. Yes. Do you encourage women to apply? So anyway first of all, to see what happens. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Unfortunately, unfortunately, oh, it's God. true. Yeah. And, and, and also I can share that as a hiring manager, mm -hmm. drafting so many job descriptions, hiring yeah. managers always shoot for the moon. The job description will <laughs> always include 150% of what a person can actually do. And usually there is no person that exists on this planet that can that have all the qualifications, usually, based on my yeah. experience at least. So take that into yeah. account, take that into account. And by the way, as a manager, if you wanna create an inclusive environment, think about your job descriptions and try to relax the wording a little bit and the requirements because that can yeah. be intimidating. So definitely apply. Mm -hmm. uh, I recommend yeah. trying to network and find people who can refer you other than just apply on the website. But if you don't know anyone, mm -hmm. that's okay, apply. What's the worst that can happen? No one yeah. will respond or they'll send you some automatic message. So what? Yeah. How do you motivate a person who's job seeking right now um, and they don't hear back because I know that can be a blow to your confidence. Yeah. And like I said, I, I've been there myself job hunting. I have friends who are there now and don't get, it's like, I sent out a hundred. I remember one friend of mine was tracking hers on Excel spreadsheet and she has a job, but she's looking to change positions. And she was like, I sent out 150 resumes last. I applied to 150 jobs last week and nobody responded. And so she felt so defeated, so unmotivated. How do you keep that person motivated to still move forward and in their career and know that they're going to be okay on this journey? Yeah. So first of all, if you applied for 150 jobs and you haven't heard back, usually <laughs> it means that it's not related to you at all. It's this automatic software yeah. that kind of, you know, go. So maybe your resume is not written well. Uh, and and tr mm. and try you know to to look at how your resume is written compared to the job descriptions. What are you missing there? Maybe you're missing on some keywords on some phrases that can help your resume yeah. stand out because it could be just a softer thing, not even related to your capabilities. Mm -hmm. As I said, it's much 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 better to be referred 
rather to just apply blankly mm-hmm. because those robots, you know, skim your resume and you may not even have a human looking at your resume at all. So it doesn't mean anything about you. But still, yes. the job hunting can be emotional draining. Take yeah. a break. Yeah. Do something for yourself. I went skiing, you know. When I started, when I moved to the U.S., to Colorado, it was so hard. <laughs> I just said, okay, forget about all of this. I'm going to ski. Take, take some I breaks know. because it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what it is, too, is that you have to take break from it. You go at it so hard every day, every day for like weeks, and then you feel like you get no progress. And I think that's probably why people get so burnt out that they need to just take a break from it and understand that it's just a process. But, you know, you touched on something that I think is important. Do you think today job, um, getting a new job, just landing, let's not even talk about getting a job. Let's just say landing the interview. It's more so based off referrals versus just blind replying, blind applying. Definitely refers. Like like you said, by somebody, you know, basically someone that, you know, sent you this job description and they can help you get in versus you just, just applying. It's definitely increasing your chances significantly. I'm not saying that if you apply blankly, you will not be summoned for an interview. But Mm -hmm. if you know someone, even if you don't know them very well, but they can refer you, you increase your chances significantly because companies love referrals. They love referrals Mm -hmm. and people like Mm -hmm. to refer because they get a referral fee. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a one-way situation. You know, we're going to bring this conversation to a close, but what do you want people to know about your coaching business um, and how they can contact you to maybe see if you're a fit for them? Yes, I think if they want to see if I'm a fit for them, obviously listen to this episode, look on my LinkedIn profile, see what I do, Mm -hmm. what I post, see if you're Mm -hmm. connected, if you you like what I'm doing. I try to be transparent to bring myself as I am no filters so people can feel if they are Mm -hmm. connected or not you can book a free 30 minute session with me just to get to know me it's on my LinkedIn profile there's a link there so just Mm -hmm. just meet with me we can talk and see whether I can help you if you think I can help you or I cannot help you and if not that's okay too you know yeah Mm mm-hmm it all works. So definitely I'll have all your information down in the description notes as well. This has been a good show. Before we end the show, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm ask all my guests before we end. What is some of the best advice you receive from another woman? The best advice is really to be, to have a goal and pursue it. Laser mm-hmm. focused. Because mm-hmm. in my career, there are times that I uh, just was going with the flow. Yeah. Be proactive. Be proactive. Know where you want to go and start approaching there. Yeah. This has been a great show. I really appreciate you being on the show. This is an important conversation to have for people who want to have that career growth and being able to take some practical steps to actually get there. And I think it was really important when you talked about how to get the conversation started 
with your manager and ask for feedback. I think that's an important point for people to know and to have. So I really appreciate you for stating that. I think you're an amazing coach. I think people be very, very comfortable to talk to, you know, easy for me to talk to. So if you're listening or watching on YouTube, make sure you guys look at the show notes. You'll have, we'll have all her information at the bottom. Um, this has been a really great episode. I thank you guys for watching and listening. I am Shawnee Sanders. This is the Girl Techno Podcast, and I will see you guys next time.